The following podcast is intended as a celebration of written fiction. Good, bad, and everything in between. We are not literary experts, and nothing we say should be considered as advice or popular opinion. There is no malicious intent, and stories have been supplied voluntarily by their owners. Story quality not guaranteed. Welcome to the Bard Room. Welcome back, dear listeners. We are hopefully going to finish the carnival. I will be your narrator. That is me, Shiloh. I am joined tonight by... Riley. Charlie. And Gavin. So we have a carnival yes. to finish. Carnival. Now, do you all remember what happened last? Uh, soul's death. Uh, someone saw the souls, and she's going, "Oh no, you're going to die," because I've I've decided to form an emotional bond with you, despite there being no character development. Well, there was character development. The author just didn't write the character development. It uh, says so in the director's note. It says the author themselves. True, I did write this one, but I wrote a author's note to do it. So, chapter seven: Elizabeth's two-story house sat near the edge of town. Who's Elizabeth? You'll find out. With a decaying porch and peeling paint, it looked half-abandoned. Mina had spent the time trying to calm down the much-agitated Charles. But finally, the two of them had reached their destination. I'm so glad that we get one descriptor of him agitated. This is it, Mina said as she stopped the car. It doesn't look like much. But you should know by now that you should not judge a book by its cover. Five Rotten Tomatoes for cliche use. Fine, as long as I can make a Bloody Mary with them. Before Charles could get a word in edgewise, Mina was already out of the car and heading towards the porch. He raced after to follow. The porch creaked under their footsteps in a vain attempt to discourage their continuing journey. She stopped before ringing the doorbell. One more thing. I would avoid eating the meat here, she silently thought aloud. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Oh god, is this going Book of Eli on us? This is before Book of Eli. This is written before it. Charles, confused look on his face, nodded. Mina then rang the doorbell, and they could hear the noise echoing through what sounded like an empty house. She waited a few minutes, that ticked by at an agonizingly slow pace. Just like this intro. Jesus. I feel like the care for this entire thing has degraded so much. I can't wait to see the last chapter. (laughs) She waited a few minutes that ticked by at an agonizing slow pace and rang the doorbell again. We're not buying anything today, an elderly woman's voice called. I'm just here to talk about the weather and other things that have no consequence. One could hear a rustling about as the woman moved closer to the door. Now that's a line I haven't heard in a while. She replied with a tone that almost hinted at a smile. With the unusual sound of the unclicking of locks. (laughs) The unclicking of locks? What is this, the medieval times? Padlock and... 
crazy. With the unusual sound of the unclicking of locks, the door swung wide open. The two of them were ushered into two darkness. As their eyes adjusted to the dim lighting, they found themselves in the front hall, which was as dusty and ancient as the outside of the house would lead someone to believe. But was it unusual for them to be in the front hall? <laughs> I mean... After entering the door... Standing before them was an ancient woman with a stern disposition. Seems rude. Her hair was pulled into a tight bun, clothing faded past its time, and wrinkles soured her complexion. Yeah, I like that description. Soured. It's a pleasure to meet you, Miss Elizabeth. This caused a small chuckle to escape her thin lips, a dry laugh like turning a page in an old book. So she then turned and walked into the other room. Did I miss something? Charles quizzically raised an eyebrow as he spoke. You'll see, was her only reply as she followed the woman into the next room. Sunlight streamed in lines through the moth-eaten curtains. The room, which looked like it was once a living room, was now converted into a large study. The walls were lined floor to ceiling with bookshelves. A large table sat in the middle of the room, filled with the makings of a scientist's lab. Test tube speakers, the like, sitting next to old journals of hand-drawn diagrams. On the furthest wall was a huge fireplace with a chair pulled up close. Clearly what a, a scientist room looks like. Well, like, I'm still stuck on the fact where it's like a room that clearly was once a living room, but has nothing a living room would have in it, but we clearly know it used to be. Ring if you need anything, the woman said to no one in particular as she left <clears throat> the room. It's been a long time, Elizabeth. Mina addressed the back of the chair. What? Back of the chair? To furniture now? <laughs> the chair was pulled up to the uh, fireplace, so I'm assuming you can't see who's sitting in the chair. But wait, wasn't Elizabeth the old lady that answered the door? No, it's just Elizabeth's house. It's mm. just an old lady that answered the door. Mm. Indeed. A woman's voice responded, followed by a figure standing up and turning to face them. Charles blinked. The figure in question was that of a young girl. She looked around six or maybe eight years old, and for a second, Charles thought that his ears were playing a trick on him, but then the child spoke again. Okay. I thought I wouldn't see you again. Not after. She paused, giving Charles a once-over. Last time. Then again, there has been strange occurrences happening. Ones that have even made their presence known to little old me. There was no mistaking it, for although there was a child... With long brown hair and a sweet expression, the voice was unmistakably adult, with a darkness that was unnerving. So you've heard about the other night. Any thoughts on how it was accomplished? There hasn't been an occurrence like this since, well, you remember, Mina stated. Great. Very vague. Great. No, Elizabeth replied sharply, picking up a book from the side table. But you should be perfectly safe here. The wards on this house are of a strong stock. Once he makes contact, you will, of course, take your leave. Of course, Mina stiffened. Good. Of, of course. <laughs> of course. But of course. Good. Take your stray upstairs to the guest room. Dinner shall be served at seven, promptly. Formal dress is required. Elizabeth paused and quickly called, Miriam! A younger maid quickly appeared. See to getting these two to the guest rooms. And make sure that their two extra places are set at the table. Yes, ma'am. 
She quickly responded and ushered the two of them out the room. The staircase creaked with each step they took, making a silent ascent or descent near impossible. The maid stopped at the top of the stairs. One room or two, she asked, flat-faced and emotionless. Oh, we know. We know what Mina wants. That one room, dear. One room would be fine. Charles gave Mina the a sideways glance, but didn't object. Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> the a sideways glance. You know, the one a sideways glance that everyone... The only one he ever did. His entire life. I'm feeling one a sideways myself. The maid nodded and led them through a door that was just below the second staircase. This room was a surprising contrast to the rest of the house. Bright sunlight glinted through clean window panes. The four-poster bed was made with crisp white sheets, and there wasn't a single cobweb to be found. The bathroom's over there, she pointed to a door in the right corner, and you should find... Oh, and you should find what you're looking for in the closet, she pointed to the closet off to the left. If there's anything you need, ring the bell. She motioned to a button next to the light switch. Miriam turned to leave, but stopped short of the door. Her face twitched for a second, and she started. I don't know how she lured you here, but you must leave. Now. This place is cursed. She crossed herself. Miriam! The older woman's voice shrill, causing the maid's face to return to her blank expression. I'll be back to bring you to dinner, was all she said as she left. Well, that was comforting, Charles said, flopping onto the bed. I see what you meant about books and all. The last maid who was here was much more pleasant. Then again, this house is such a brooding place, Mina said as she opened the closet. You know, if you're just trying to get me into bed, there are much easier ways than bringing me into the home of a demented six-year-old. Charles what? jabbed. Oh, come <laughs> on. Like the closet, where we could play seven minutes in heaven. Or in this case, hell. Well, they're seven, in a room, seven so... Seven minutes in heaven? Yeah, seven minutes in You know what that is? No. You've never heard of that? When no. you're at a party as a preteen, you go do that, then you spin a bottle, and then whoever the bottle lands on that you spun, you have to go in a closet with them for seven minutes and do the deed. No, you don't do the deed. You're just expected to be in that closet, and then anything could happen there, because no one can see you. Of course, most people just stand there and talk awkwardly. Also, you never went to any parties when you were a teen. Did you? No. I believe she's seven. I figured it would be prudent to keep an eye on you. Would hate to have you... Dot, 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 dot. Wander off in the middle of the night. His eyebrows raised, but she continued. I'm gonna take a shower. You should look through the clothes for a suit that fits. Mina turned and walked towards the bathroom. Stopping at the bedroom door, she paused, turned the lock, and continued to the bathroom without another word. Thank you for that extra detail on opening the door. Mina stood in the bathroom looking at her reflection in the mirror. She studied her hair. There was no denying it. The ash blonde had turned a soft gray. When was the last time she had looked in the mirror? She couldn't recall as she pinned her hair back into a loose bun. She finished getting ready and pulled on the black floor-length satin dress with an off-the-shoulder neckline. Wait, she was supposed to be showering. So the author chose not to write out a description of the shower scene. Oh, the one thing that isn't described is the shower. Mina stepped into a cool porcelain tub. Her feet were very um, slippery. And then the water 
coursed from a spout in the window that was very unusual, but it spouted rainwater upon her flesh, glistening as it fell down. It was quite unusual to have soap available. So as she picks up the unusual soap, she rubs it on her body. Charlie. Or else it gets the hose again. Charlie, that would be the best finale for season one, is your fanfiction of this fiction. Oh, God. You have have to be committed to this now. I'm just going to go back to the top of this little paragraph. Please don't. Too late. Please, uh, can you not? She finished getting ready and pulled on the black floor-length satin dress with an off-the-shoulder neckline. Mina walked out into the bedroom to meet Charles. He had pulled on a black three-piece suit for the occasion. Seeing him standing there, her mind reached back to a dusty memory. And it's in slant. So it's written in slant, which means this is a memory. Mm. The first time she had seen him, Damon, standing outside in the garden surrounded by dying rose bushes. I just noticed it's actually spelled Damien. Whatever. There's an I right there. Have you been pronouncing it wrong the whole time? No, I think it was a misspelling. Are we sure? We'll know once we see it the second time. Stop screen peeking! (laughs) Are you ready? Charles quizzed, snapping Mina back to the present. Yes. Yes, let's get this shindig over with, she replied as they left the room. Shindig. Author's note. (laughs) Dinner party scene. End of author's note. Chapter eight. (laughs) Just so you know where, what you're starting with. There is supposed to be a dinner party scene written here. I don't know what gave you that impression. Uh, but it is not written. (laughs) I am very unsatisfied. And that's the end of chapter seven. Satisfaction, definitely not guaranteed. Chapter eight. This is the final chapter, by the way. Chapter eight. Mina stood at the balcony of the third floor, waiting. I thought this was only a two-story. <laughs> You're right. I remember the two-story. Maybe it's like a two-story with an attic situation. Or a basement. Mina stood at the balcony of the third floor, waiting waiting like she had done so many nights before, and yet she didn't know what tonight's outcome would be. We both. <laughs> the psychic that can see everyone's future. A breeze flowed through the air and rippled her hair. This is not the ASMR podcast. A breeze flowed through the air and rippled her hair. There, the shift. And she turned to see Damon materialize out of the shadows around him. How's this one spelled? Same way. So is Damien. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been Damien the whole Damien time. Yeah. (laughs) And you just said it wrong. I can't change it now. We're on the final chapter. (laughs) Yeah, Damien sounds like a whole different character. It's even better that it was wrong. We're just doing it this way, okay? There, the shift, and she turned to see Damon materialize out of the shadows around him. He seemed to take longer than usual to break the icy silence. This doesn't all usually happen to me, I swear. Just, I'm just a little, little nervous. Good evening. Black suits you, he said, a firm finality in his tone. She looked down, remembering she hadn't changed out of her dress. Right, because it's after the dinner party. After the dinner party. You know, because you have to take clothes off 
for them to go away. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I didn't know this. Good evening, she replied, looking up, a sudden chill going down her back. No chest tonight? She was trying to shake whatever this strange mood was. Should she mention the dream? No, it was better to leave that in the past. Your bus was overrun. Obviously you smashed your protection stone. And so you come here, with the human in tow. Somewhere during this, a lit cigar found its way to his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) The wording on that is a little suspect. It's just a lonely cigar, floating on the wind, waiting for that right hole to go into. He can magic things into appearance, so... A lonely cigar for a lonely Damon. Oh, sorry, Damien. I figured this would be a safer place to stay, she answered, eyes flicking to the balcony around them. Yes, it's safe, but I'm going to go on the balcony, the only exposed part of this building. Come inside. You'll catch a cold out here, Damon said, opening the door. Mina stood, staring at him and the door. The room was exactly the same as it had been when she left through that very door. But why did this feel so wrong? Oh my god. I won't ask again. He said as he dropped a cigar, it vanished before even hitting the floor. Nina took one step and slowly another. When was the last time she had been inside anywhere with him? He sighed, grabbing her wrist and pulling her through the door. For an instant, it felt as though all of the breath in her lungs was gone. (laughs) Was gone? All the breath in her lungs was gone? (laughs) Uh, That's technically correct. Breath is a single thing. That's true. Mina felt herself lose balance and fall, but at the last second, she was caught by none other than Damon himself. Oh, you know, the only other person in the frickin' area. Was that unusual, too? Alright. The room steadied, and she surveyed her surroundings. It was the same room, right? The walls then shifted, the ceiling expanded. It's not the only thing expanding. (laughs) The once wooden floors turned to gray. And they were surrounded by darkness. Where? Damon shushed her before she could finish. We're still at Elizabeth's home. This is merely an illusion. Let me show you what I've been offering to you all these years. Whoa. Oh boy. All right. We're getting into it. unbuttons his pads. Let me show you what I've been offering to you all these years. The walls were suddenly illuminated with brilliant torchlight revealing the decorated dance floor. A string quartet began to play the most beautifully haunting melody Nina had ever heard. Damon lifted her back to her feet in front of him. Will you join me in this dance? He asked, bowing before her. Yes, she whispered. Damon swept his arm around her waist with a flourish and began to waltz. Soon, They were joined by other ghostly apparitions dancing along around the two. I feel like Damon would be more of a tango kind of person, all up in each other's business. Hmm. Mina's gaze went from the fellow dancers to the magnificent paintings on the walls, past them to the stained glass windows, backlit with what could only be described as an inferno. An inferno? Fire. Yeah, yeah, I know, but... Where's Dante going to be coming from this? I think we know who Dante is in this. <laughs> surely sounds like a truly divine comedy. <laughs> you could be happy here. Damon soothed into her ear. If Ew. You... <laughs> that just makes me think, like, you could be happy here. 
You're doing that to me. I have to listen to this later. I know you do, but I just want to put in context soothed into someone's ear is not soothing (laughs) no it's not soothing it makes me want to kill you you could be happy here Damon soothed into her ear if you cross over the rift would be sealed permanently no more humans would suffer the damned would stay on their plane Mina pulled away from him the music instantly stopped the other dancers vanished and it was just the two of them together in one spotlight what? Where's the spotlight coming from? <clears throat> the inferno from the stained glass window. If it was that horrible for me to be on Earth, why didn't you take me away years ago? She cried. Because you were so happy there. And I can't force you to go. You must come willingly. Damon answered. Hold why, on. why did you pause? Sorry. Any particular reason? No. I can't force you to go. You must come willingly. <laughs> we're adults here. This isn't funny. This is serious business. I can't force you to go. You must come willingly, Damon answered, holding out his hand. Mina started to reach out, when suddenly she heard someone calling her name. Mina! The voice shattered the vision before her like a needle popping a soap bubble. (laughs) When has that ever been a thing? We can definitely get that sound effect. (laughs) It's a very specific descriptor. She and Damon were back once again in the room at Elizabeth's house. They turned in unison to see Charles and Elizabeth standing in the doorway. Don't listen to him! It's obviously a trap! Charles yelled as he started rushing over. Charles, do you even know who that man is? Oh my god. He's like a robot person. He... You dying would open the floodgates for sure, Elizabeth yelled after. We wouldn't want to get wet now, would we? What? Mina pushed herself to a wall away from the group, trying to get her bearings. Let's let's recap the main arc of this character, right? Character not bothered by anything, like, unflinching at just all these horrible atrocities. People die tur- in front of her. Has turned into this, <gasps> what? Oh no! Hey, at least it's better than Twilight. This is That's turning not- into Twilight. Twilight's a really low bar, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's also very dim. <sighs> Damon let out a guttural roar. Rawr. <laughs> Damon let out a guttural roar and grabbed the two of them by the neck. They fought wildly as he lifted them both easily off the ground. Fought wildly. Wait, the child and Charles? I guess. He's grabbing a child by the neck? This is a vampire. It doesn't matter. I don't think he's a vampire. No, no, no. The child is a vampire. We think. Mm. Maybe. Well, we don't know. Run, Mina! How do you gurgle? Run, you... Mina! I think... Run, Mina! Charles gurgled. Hold him off. He swung his arms around, trying to make contact. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the other side. So, in my head, it's just that visual of, like, holding a child up against his head. Mm-hmm. And he's just wildly <laughs> swinging, trying to get to you, and can't reach. He won't be able to track you once you leave. Elizabeth kicked furiously. So she's kicking while Charles is flailing. Mina rushed for the door, only to be stopped by Damon slamming the two of them against the wall, effectively creating a barrier between Mina and the door. <laughs> a, li- a living barrier. Yes, a human wailing wall. Enough! His voice shook the whole house. 
causing Nina to go flying backwards. Why? Because his voice shook the whole house. Apparently he is a banshee. He stared both of them down, and with a voice that rivaled thunder, commanded, Reveal yourself! Wait. Wait, she she got sent flying, and now she needs to reveal herself? There's a child present. He's screaming to the both of them. Wait, everyone's gonna reveal themselves? Just a second. With that, both Charles and Elizabeth's human forms crumpled to the ground in a deafening heap. A deafening heap? Deafening heap? Like it was really loud? Yeah, deafening yeah, heap. That, that's an odd way that's to... That's a really strange descriptor. Uh-huh. Left in their place were two demonic forms writhing in Damon's closed hands. So they basically, like, lost their skin suits, and now they're demons. Damon was the hero all along. You thought you could take on me, Lord of the Underworld? Pathetic. A rip seemed to grow out of nothing on the wall behind them, revealing what looked like a lake of fire. Return from whence you came. And with that, he shoved both creatures through the hole, which closed quickly behind them. He turned back to Mina, who sat shaking on the floor. What will your answer be, he commanded. As stunned silence filled the room, she quivered, not knowing what to believe. But there he was, unchanging, the one variable that had never before faltered. Without another thought, she stuck out her hand, waiting for his in return. The end. What? What about the carnival? What about all the people that followed her and her father? And, like, this random Charles is now a demon dude. Like, was he a demon or was it an illusion? And, like, skin suits. No dinner party. This is a really lazy way to just be like, I don't want to write this anymore. (laughs) I think that's exactly what was going through your mind. Probably. Is this the ending you had in mind? Uh... No. No. And there was a lot, a lot more that I had in mind to write. Um, This is just what I pieced together from the composition notebook. So this is what we're left with. 40 pages. 37. 37 pages only to end up with neck demons and skin suits and hands clenching together. And Damon being... The Lord of the Underworld, and suddenly a good guy. Was he the good guy, though? What is good, though, really? Damon's just the only winner here. What are your thoughts, Riley? Don't include me. <laughs> Too late. Um, I don't know. I'm intrigued by the premise, but that's... It needs a lot of help. I feel like the original premise was just thrown out the window and abandoned and forgotten. What happened to her father? There was, like, this whole story about the father, and then we never actually got to, like, connect the final dots between that and how he got to where he is now. No, Arthur just left. Also, also the fact that it took five chapters to get to any semblance of an actual plot. And then, like, the random Charles dude that doesn't do anything. He's just like, I'm a human. I'll sleep in your bed. Hey. Is he human? Because he's, he's been a demon the entire time. We don't know if that's true. We don't hey. know if that's an illusion. Hey, maybe a lot of stuff happened during that dinner that we never got to hear about. I, I will say that there's a lot of bits that I couldn't even add because they just didn't fit anywhere in the storyline. So there was definitely a lot more 
in oh, the book. No. I just that this is what I could piece together. And like the whole don't eat the meat. That was probably going to be explained in the dinner party. There's a lot of empty space in this that uh, kind of begs to be something, anything. Spaces that beg to be filled. Yeah, I was. I thought about saying that. I remembered you were here. I I felt like a lot of the times that we were being misdirected. I don't know if it was intentionally or not, but it's just like, let me describe this random white dress you're buying from this stall. But we're not going to tell you anything about Charles, this character. But let me describe this dress or this freaking croissant she buys. But then, like, I felt like the flashbacks with her father were really well done. So it's just very confusing. She's boring as fuck, but the flashbacks are great. Do you feel attacked? No. Okay, good. Cut the rest of the story out. Carnival be damned. I want the flashbacks. Well, there were more flashbacks in the notes, but I didn't know where to put them. Have you had any thoughts about rewriting this at all? Oh, yeah. If I was going to rewrite it, I'd have a lot better ideas. Wait, are you asking me to rewrite it? I'm not asking you to do anything. I am just planting that seed. No, I, I'm just waiting for uh, your fanfic. So yeah. we have it, it recorded that you will, in fact, write a fanfiction of this. Why did I say that? And we'll read it on the podcast at some point. I guess what our question for tonight would be, what do you think happened at the dinner party scene? And also, what would you title this thing? Because carnival makes no sense, especially since the last like two chapters have nothing to do with the carnival. Except for the fact where she's in the carnival and she sometimes does readings for people. This story has nothing to do with the carnival. The other thing is, since we finished this one... If you guys have any new fiction to submit to us, please send it to us at bardroompodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and read your tales. Or read your comments. And no, we do not require a satisfactory ending, but we will definitely commentate on it if there isn't one. Fare thee well, dear listeners. What's your favorite ride of I hate them all. Just get the rides. I do not go on rides that are made to be dismantled quickly. I love roller coasters, and the only good one I've ever been on is in Vegas. Mm. It's not a car, anyway. I, I know, but it, it's still the same kind of ride.